Hello, Savannah. It's another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. And it's your host, Miss Sheree Darian. And today it is another thankful Thursday. Feels so good outside with the fall uh, weather. I am loving it, Savannah. I hope you are too. You guys love those jams. I love that intro of that jingle. Um, just makes me want to dance. So I hope you guys are dancing in your cars. I have something very, very special, something very, very special for you today. Pardon me. It's a double hitter. We have not one, but two awesome authors today who just happen to be brothers and ladies. The topic today is the name of their book, The Autopsy of a Cheating Man, a warning to all men who cheat. And fellas, I'm not going to leave you out there just hanging like we're not bashing men today because they have another book entitled Deep Confessions of a or of Fateful Men. So we're going to balance this thing out. So just don't hang up. Don't disconnect. Don't turn the radio dial. Listen in. And speaking of that radio dial, I want to remind you that you're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. And not only that, this is WRUU 107.5 FM's annual pledge. And so, of course, I'm Sheree with Courageous Conversations with Sheree. I'm on the line again with both Rick and Chris Strickland. Are you guys there? Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Okay. Yes, we are. Okay, cool. And so I just wanted to remind you that we're going uh, to be talking about the subject of all things man. <laughs> Real man talk. And I think these guys have manned up, right? And so uh, we're going to jump into that. So stay tuned right here on WRUU uh, 107.5 FM. This is the only place on your radio dial where you're going to hear anything like today's topic. But during this show, our on-air membership campaign uh, I'm asking for your support of Courageous Conversations with Cherie with a donation to WRUU. So stay tuned. We're going to jump into today's uh, show and I'm going to tell you why just momentarily. I think you'll, you'll figure it out for yourself why you should be supporting not just Courageous Conversations with Cherie, but certainly WRUU. And so just hold that thought, listen in, and let me bring you some value so you'll be ready to pull out your credit and your debit card. But before we jump into that, let me jump into this and remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. And so without further ado, who in the world is Rick and Chris Strickland? Rick and Chris Strickland... Both oh, yeah. grew uh, up. Uh, yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick Strickland. Of course, my brother's online also. Uh, we are actually from Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. That's where we grew up at. I mean, I was actually born in Tennessee, but um, my younger brother was born in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Um, we're inspired, inspiring authors that are, uh, are just looking for ways to make a difference. Uh, and, and by making a difference in the way of, giving out the information that can help other people. Right, right. 
Wow. And that was Rick, right? Okay, that's Rick. Rick is actually speaking to us um, live, obviously, on the WRUU studio lines, but he is in Jacksonville, Florida. And Chris, let's just hear your voice, who's hailing all the way from and is still in Columbus, Ohio. Is that correct? Yes, all the way from Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Have you been to Savannah? I have not been to Savannah. Okay. I've been to Atlanta. Okay, so so not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, Rick is too close not to uh, have ever been through here, right, Rick? Uh, that's, that's right. I've been to Savannah. Okay, Coovies, Coovies. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm just going to read a little bit about your bio. And I know, I if if listen, if you have anybody on the edge of their seat, you so, certainly have your host on the edge of her seat. So I am so excited. We're going to jump in it. But let me just read a little bit about you guys and... Uh, from uh, the information that I received, it says that you are from a single family home um, where you experienced, you know, de- de- sorry, devastating divorce of your parents. Yes. So you did have both of your parents in your life, um, but ultimately there was divorce and um, it ended up being a single family. So did you grow up with your mom or your dad? Her dad. Her mom. With her mom. Her dad left early. Okay. You know, it really wasn't like we grew up with a father with both parents. Okay. Right. Okay. So I'm going to let you unpack that just momentarily. Let me continue. This experience initially made them reluctant to marry because of the many poor examples set by men in their lives. They both spent many years jumping in and out of relationships due to fear. And I'm underscoring fear of commitment and believing marriage could ever work. Years later, this fear is being expressed in the pages of their own book, The Autopsy of a Cheating Man, a warning to all men who cheat. So there's a lot in that, that statement that I just shared. Um, And let's unpack it, if we will. The first thing that stood out to me that it said that you, although you were reluctant to marry, it was because, and I go back to the seed of it all, um, of the many poor examples that was set by men in your lives. So obviously your dad uh, left. And yeah. that you, you even described that separation as being devastating. So I'm going to presume that one of the men, which was a poor example, not a judgment, but certainly an, an identification, was your dad. Is that correct? Yes, yes okay. that's correct. Okay, and why do you view it that way? I'll let Chris go ahead and kick that off. Why you view it that? Why does he view it that way? Okay, sure. So um, I'm a few years younger than my my brother Rick there, and um, so when my dad left, um, I was maybe around three years old. So I, you know, really didn't have that chance to have any type of relationship with him, um, and so. Becoming a parent myself, um, it's, it's still hard for me to really believe that, you know, he would leave his family because uh, I would never leave my child. I would never do that, you know, because um, I understand the, uh, the impact that not having a father would have. And so now I understand the impact of what having a father does to mm-hmm. a child by expressing that to my own daughter, you know. Um but he, unfortunately, was not that example of a father 
Um, he was not that example of what a man should be um, to his children. Um, and so we were able to learn from that after many, many years, of course, we were able to learn what, uh, what not to do when you become a parent by his example, so to speak. Yeah. So I'm curious, Chris, do you consider that uh, a benefit, like a lesson learned, obviously, of what not to do, although I'm sure you wish that he was there with you? Sure. I, I definitely wish he was there. I mean, he missed out on so much of our lives, you know. Um, but um, you definitely have to get to a place of looking at it as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when you're going through it as a young child, um, you're not thinking of it as an example at that, at that point in time. Right. You know? right. It's not until you get a little older, get a little bit wiser, um, understanding um, you know, that, that God is really in control of everything. And so uh, you're able to uh, um, take that and say, that's not what I'm going to be to my child. You kind of reverse it, so to speak. So let, let's unpack that a bit, Chris, if you don't mind. So sure. obviously the child in you at that time didn't understand or couldn't obviously glean the wisdom. I'm looking back, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you said something about missing so much of your lives. And I think that's twofold, not just for your dad, but also for you, <clears throat> excuse me, being the child. So what would you say? How can you really speak to that? Like what was missed or how important was that time? Um, if there's a father out there that's not in the lives of their children. So, and, and let me just preference me. that because I think sure. you said so much. This is about marriage too. Well, as much as this is about sure. being a parent and, and, you know, losing valuable time that you, that's irreplaceable. Like once those years are gone, they're gone. It becomes history. But the importance right. of marriage, like, I think so many times we do default to the kids, but there's the whole thing started with a man and a woman. That's right. That's right. Let me let me chime in here. I uh, I, I really need to say something about this because yeah. you know, I was seven at the time. You know, seven years old, and and I'm, I'm going to tell you more, more and more about the devastation that that happens when some when a dad walks out, leaves his family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that come into play. Um, if you think about uh, the child, and you think about even the, the the wife or the woman that he walked out on, and in the situation that my mom was in, our mom was in, was she didn't know how to drive, and, and she was like most women that that have five kids or more, that that expected things to happen, and never in her lifetime did she ever think that she would be on the other end of the marriage stage, the opposite end. To where she's going through a divorce and had no idea that she thought this was forever. And when you think about that, I went to school many days, and 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 I think it affects self-esteem a little bit because, to me, when I see when I see kids with both parents, it it a feeling would come over my body. Especially my, one of my worst days was Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Father's Day was one of my worst days because I would make a tie, a fake paper tie that I'm going to give to a father that I will ne- that will never receive it. Mm-hmm. I hide these things under the bed and I and, 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 and just put them there because I had no one to give them to. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So it's a lot of things that go along with this these issues of a, of a of a broken home. Yeah, I think that's so important. And, you know, as you were speaking about mom's inability to drive, it's because she never thought she had a need to do it. And one thing I believe about marriage is 
marriage is past, present, and future. We do, as women, go into that thinking it is forever. Like, I don't know anybody on their wedding day is thinking at the same time of the, of the day they could potentially be in divorce court. Like, that doesn't right. cross yeah. our mind. Sure, sure. So self-confidence, yeah, I could really even picture um, children today. Uh, you know, most people are celebrating Mother's Day, Father's Day. And even if, if it's a mother that walked away or a dad that walked away, but we're, you know, obviously focusing on men today, that we're right. not thinking about those children. I don't think the teachers are thinking about the children that don't have a dad at home when you're creating, you know, whatever that project craft is. Um, and you said you put it under your bed because you had no one to give it to. I mean, we're not thinking about those subtle but so huge, um, you know, memories that we're creating. And if you're suppressing this stuff for years, it's going to show up eventually. What do you guys have to say about that? Just going along with society, but your reality is completely opposite. And then you just, because you're just trying to deal and live, but it eventually show up in, again, your relationships. Could you identify with that? Is that why um, you had some failed relationships? Yes, exactly. uh, yes. absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, one of the things that you learn in the situations that my brother and I, and I know we're not alone in it, but one of the things that we learned was um, we learned kind of like how to be with more than one woman. You know, by our father doing it, you know, mm. by our uncles doing it. You know, we didn't learn how to be with one woman and uh. stay with that woman and stick with that woman. We didn't learn that. You know, uh, so his behavior, um, it, it really affected us for some years. You know, that's what we thought was the norm. This is what you're supposed to do as a man. Mm -hmm. You know, so it really, really affected us. Say that again. Right, it makes you more of a man. It make, we thought that made you more of a man. Ooh. The more and more women that you have, you know. So it definitely had a huge impact on us, and we had to work on changing that impact. Okay, know? so you again, so you guys just load up my gun every time. <laughs> you said that you learned how to deal with, you didn't learn from your dad how to deal with one woman. You learned how to deal with multiple women, and you thought in having multiple women that made you more of a man, correct? Yeah, because you because other men look up to you when you do. When I was growing, they look up to us. It's, it's just crazy how much they admire admire people or men that that have a lot of women. Yeah, I think that's huge, and I think that is. To the point, and I always put a plug, obviously, this is Courageous Conversations with Tree. So underscore courage here is taking courage to be naked, unashamed, and unapologetic. And I always invite my guests to share their truth. This is your journeys. Um, good, bad, ugly, and, and indifferent, but it is what you experience. But you have chosen to pay it forward by helping those that will listen. And so let's just talk to that point about how other men view um, and what is that? Like you, other men would view a man that had multiple win, women as what? How do you put that in words? Okay, let me let me say, Chris, to be very short. I can let you talk also. I can't just talk. But the think about what I said. I, I may have mentioned of of uh, confidence and yes, uh, and, and low self esteem earlier. Yeah, from the situation of the father walking out. 
now I'm trying to fill this void, and I'm getting that confidence back from men looking up and admiring me for messing with multiple women. Mm-hmm. So what is so Chris put that for me in in everyday vernacular like what does that mean like what is it that they're looking up to like what is that what are they getting from a man having multiple women well you have to think about um, like I said earlier we're not alone in this no no okay for sure many um, who experience you know divorce or father walking out father not being in their life and so. Um, that is the, the, like, the, uh, like the neighborhood that you're in a lot of times. And so being in that neighborhood, you're surrounded by other people who are also um, dealing with low self-esteem, um, need their ego stroke in some way, you know. <laughs> and so the way to go about doing that, uh, which seemed to um, get you put on a pedestal, was by having multiple women, you know. Um, people begin looking up to you. You start appreciating that, uh, that that applause and that praise. So it just makes you want to go out and get more, more and more women, more and more. You know. So it's just a, a huge ego stroke is what it is. I you know? see. So now this is hopefully I think it's actually a bit funny. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know, like I am a strong, independent woman and I make no excuse about it I know who I am in fact I am on um, another journey for women to ensure that they know that they are the treasure because my bible says that when a man finds a wife that he finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord so I want them those women my sisters to know that they are the treasure and it, the value comes in owning who they are. And I pride myself to be a king's kid, okay? And so I find this part of it funny. How in the world can a man think that having multiple women, it, someone with the capacity of a Cherie Darian is a lot to handle, okay? So how can you think that you're going to have multiple? You, I think you're trying to kill yourself. I think it's just su- suicide. I do. <laughs> it's like, how can you do that? How can you do that? Like, seriously, what is that? What are you thinking? It seems like it would be exhausting to keep up with multiple women. Well, that's when the that's that's when the coordination and and all of the uh, uh, making sure that you spend a certain amount of time with certain women. Most men will have a special one that they go back to all all the time. Uh huh. Ones are. Just pawns, pawns. It's quite easy for a man to do it. It's quite easy for a man to do it because all he has to do is make excuses for the reason why he's not at these other locations. Uh, Which are lies, just a sexy way of saying lying. They're Mm -hmm. lying the whole time. You've been all right with it. You're right up for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I pride myself on that, too. Just, again, just point blank. Let's put it where it is. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's jump into this. You wrote a book. The autopsy. Wait a minute. Press pause. What do you mean autopsy? I'm thinking something's dead and you're dissecting it, right? So right. the <laughs> autopsy. How'd you guys come up with that title of a cheating man? I'll let Chris go ahead and get that one. Sure, sure. So when you think about the purpose of an autopsy, yeah, um, that the purpose of doing that autopsy is to determine the specific cause of someone's death. 
it's, it's, to, it's to determine the exact cause. So there, there may be uh, bullet wounds, there may be stab wounds, there may be signs of strangulation, but which one of those things actually caused this person to die? Mm-hmm. And so we took that and we put it toward the autopsy of a cheating man. So we performed an autopsy so that we could determine the exact reason why men cheat. What is the exact reason? There may be other little symptoms, but which one is the real reason why men cheat? So that's how we kind of use that to, to come up with the title of our book. You know, and I love that because I say this frequently. It is not the symptoms, but it's the root cause. And so you guys right. were going to that root so you could weed it out, right? That's right. That's right. Oh, right. I love you guys. I'm so proud of you. You are my brother from another mother, both of you. <laughs> you know, oh my God, you're, you're just making me so happy with this. And I was watching a, a movie yesterday and it's called The War Within. And check this out to, to unpack what you were just saying, that specific cause and the, the symptoms. I'm going to tell you about the, the war within. It was a demonstration of this guy in a similar situation, just like what we just spoke about. But it was demonstrating um, all the various parts of himself. And they did it in a way that it had the heart separate. And it was an individual person that represented the heart. There was an individual person that represented the mind. There was an individual person that represented the emotions. There was an individual person that represented the conscious conscience and another one that uh, represented the memory and the will so all these people uh, you know parts of them was rep- was that one man but these yeah. were the battles inside of him and it ultimately yeah. came back to the heart of that person mm-hmm. to get real naked unashamed unapologetic about their own truth and how do I get back to that core and it was all about repentance coming back facing the truth Stop lying to ourselves, uh, get over our own ego, uh, pride, arrogance, um, the need to be appeasing to someone else or approved by someone else and giving yourself the ability to set yourself free with the truth. So I want to digress and and continue (laughs) with the (laughs) autopsy of of this man. Um, What do you think about when you hear all those various components of ourselves, and how true is that, that you have to get back to the heart? I I agree, but you left out one of the most important parts. Which one? I won't won't get into that, but it's one of the things that calls men to do the wrong thing. Is it fear? (laughs) Fear is part of it. When you you start dissecting the body, and on a real sense, uh, women make the comment a lot of times that he was thinking with the wrong head. Uh-huh. When you said the parts of the body, I was thinking of that part, which is led by the sexual nature of a man. Yes, yes. No, no, t- totally. Like, you're right. That's a whole nother hour conversation when we go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're right. No, I totally agree. And that's exactly true. Um, but I think it was more so on the, the um, not so much the physical nature, but more so the spiritual nature uh, I, of it. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's valid. That's that's huge. And and if you had to put a percentage on what you just raised, what percentage you think uh, why men do this? What what would that be? That percentage for that reason, the sexual reason. What do you think, Chris? I know I would say, I think, but 
<laughs> it's a very high percentage, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it outnumbers the others? Yes. Because that's yes. the biggest ego booster, isn't it? Yes. See, y'all, I'm really running, ready to run down that, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm on a digress because it's it's all types of questions because we know reality. Otherwise, Viagra would not even be on the market today. So, honestly, huh? Making billions of dollars, too. It is, it is. And so, really... Let's talk about diving into the truth. Like, when did you guys, because you've had your own history, but, and you're both married now, right? Yes, correct. So what was the, I always address a needlepoint shift in our mind, because um, I think that's what comes back to the repentance part. You had to ultimately change your mind, tap into your heart of who you really are, and tell yourself the truth. Start with the sexy excuses or lies. You're straight out excuses. Stop lying. When did you come to truth about your own life? Chris, you remember you, your quote you had about um, about man? I don't know if you remember that quote, but it's pretty, pretty oh, yeah. it relates yeah. to what she just said there, well, at least part of it. Right. So I had this quote that I would say, and that quote was, a man does not come to know what type of woman he needs until he comes to know what type of man he is. Mm-hmm. I'm right there on your heels because that's a part of the other book, The Deep uh, confessions of faithful men. Right. So, and that's something that right. I actually underscored. So, why don't you unpack that for us and uh, tell us exactly what does that mean? A man does not sure. come to know what type of woman he needs until he comes to know what type of man he is. And what if he had sure. that good thing, but let her get away because he was so confused himself? That's correct. And I can speak for myself at one time. Um, so, um, at one time, I didn't know what type of man I was, okay? Um, I knew I liked, you know, being involved with multiple women. I enjoyed that, but more so from the standpoint of just the, the pride of it, the ego of it, you know? Um, having my friends look up to me, um, things of that nature. Um, but after a while, after a, a years of doing that, um, I eventually actually got tired of hurting women. I got tired of hurting them. Um, it was like something was changing within me, whereas before it didn't bother me to hurt them, you know. But um, there was a change that was going on within me um, to where seeing them cry, seeing their tears, uh, arguing with them, um, it started having an effect on me. Mm-hmm. And so what I tried to do initially to justify it, I said, well, what I'll do then is I'll, I'll only get involved with women who are in a relationship. That way there's no strength, no, you know, she understands she's in a relationship. And I tried that for a while. But it still ended up hurting women. And so um, after a while, I had to acknowledge that I was the problem, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. These women were hurting because of me, mm-hmm. you know, because of my lying and my scheming and all this type of thing, leading them on and all this type of stuff. Wait a minute, um, press pause, press pause. I call, I call that an epiphany or an aha moment. Yeah. Did you, yeah. So what caused that moment, though? 
Were you I, hurt? It has, it has to, Were it you hurt? Be, was I hurt? I was hurt from hurting him. That Whereas hurt before you. I wasn't. Before I, it didn't bother me. But at this place in my life, I started being hurt from hurting women. You know, I started. It started really affecting me, and I wanted. I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to play that game anymore. You know, um, I wanted to settle down and just be with one woman. Um, and, and, and the main thing that happened is when I had my child. Mm. That changed everything. Okay, press pause. I'm so glad. Sure. We're, we're, we're really, really uh, in alignment, okay? Because I just wrote down something. I was going to ask you about that, Daddy, because I'm a daddy's girl, like through and through. If my father yeah, walks yeah. in a room, and I say this very often, I become 12 all over again. Like something about the age of 12, I just absolutely fell in love with my dad and he can do no wrong. So you guys don't know what you have. Um, And so I'm curious, I'm going to go to a quick break, but I'm curious to know, does either one of you um, have a daughter? Yes, we both do. Ooh, see, that's nothing but God. God, That's God. That's my daddy saying, Shree, yeah, girl, I got your back. on this call today so hold that thought we're going to come back with that but i want to remind everyone you're listening to another episode with courageous conversations with shri i'm on the line today with authors rick and chris strickland they are the author of the autopsy of a cheating man a warning to all men who cheat and I also want to remind you that you're listening to wruulp savannah georgia 107.5 fm What would you do, dear listeners, if you woke up one day and WRUU wasn't on your radio dial, like it wasn't even there anymore? You would not be able to find any place in Savannah to get this kind of music and news and talk show radio to find any place here. Um, But only this community radio station, WRUU, what we bring to you. Our more than 60, you heard me correct, volunteer hosts, you heard me correct, volunteer hosts will not be working right now to bring you hours of entertaining and stimulating programs such as today's topic. And your global soul would surely miss it. Thankfully, you don't have to wake up without WRUU because people just like you have made generous financial gifts to keep us going we are listener supported community radio so your donation is essential to our continued presence on the air in savannah go right now to wruu.org and make a one-time or monthly contribution thank you and again, I'm on today with brothers, authors, Rick and Chris Strickland. So guys, I asked you just momentarily, do you have daughters? And I'm going to, the reason why I thought that uh, is because, Chris, you said that you got tired of seeing the women um, cry and that you came to a real realization that you were the problem, like you were causing the pain. You were the reasons that you had you had really, you know, decided that, listen, there was a certain type of woman that you would be involved with or women, multiple, 
uh, that there were no strings attached. But now I'm curious to know, as a father of both of you having daughters, would you want any man like the man you used to be to be with your daughters? (laughs) Um, Really, of course not. Uh, And that's one of the things and reasons why a lot of us come to the uh, the, the choices and, de- and decisions in our lives that we're that we that we currently have now. Uh, when we think back, I thought about my mother half the time. You know, at the same time, I was I was using this 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 anger and this energy to 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 get back at um, supposedly um, probably just how can I say this? Not just get back at, but to it just made me feel like I was. Taking control of things because I love the love the control of the whole thing, which is crazy. Okay, say that again. I don't want to miss that. You say that last statement again. For me, it was about it, it seemed to be about being in control mm-hmm. of things when it felt like I lost control as a child. Uh... It felt like I was in control of things because I was manipulating things, manipulating women. Right. I was. I was making them feel like I was making them feel like um, I cared for them, and I really didn't. Yeah, really didn't have any feelings at all. Men can go from woman from woman to woman to woman, mm-hmm. and never feel the pain. It's when my brother made the made the comment about it. It, it finally hit him at that that he was the problem. Yeah. And until you come to that realization, it, it's, it's, to me it was like a, uh, it, it was it was like a drug. Mm-hmm. I needed more and more of because uh, the more the more I more I went out and messed around, the more people fed into more more the, the male counterparts fed into my ego. Yeah. So it was like putting coal in the fire, making the fire bigger, and here I am beating on my chest like I'm the king. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was a skewed view of yourself because you raised a point, uh, Chris, in your quote that a man can't be anything. Basically, I'm paraphrasing to anybody else, women included, until he knows who he is. That's right. That's right. And so once you come to that understanding, first of all, that um, that you're the problem and that you're um, really a, uh, a no good man, you know. You have to come to that realization that you're a no good man, um, and then it, it it breaks you down so much that you uh, you want to change. You know, you want to change, and um, to begin that process of change, um, it starts with you know, for me anyway, it started with uh, working on that uh, that relationship with God and finding out who I really am, um, so that now that I'm learning who I really am, I know what type of woman fits me, so to speak. Um, I know my, my shortcomings, and I'm honest about them. And I know my, uh, my strong points, and I'm honest about them. And so now when I meet someone, it's like um, I can know right off, now that's, that's not, that's not going to compliment me, mm-hmm. you know, or this will compliment me. Yeah. You know, it's like I, by learning who I am and what I need, um, now I can better pursue and find that woman that fits like a glove. Well, let me let me let me jump in here on this because you said something. I was thinking about 
a scene. And I, I got to tell you all this because this is one of those things that, you know, they had a, they had a group of men that were having a Bible study um, on my job or when I was in the military. Mm-hmm. And they were all, it was, a, it was a bunch of men, they were all talking about talking about the Word and all this stuff. And I walk in. Mm-hmm. I walk in there and I ask, can I join? They said, sure, you can join. Come on in. And one of the things I, and this is at the point where I was, I was to my limit. I was, I mean, I was at probably the lowest point of my life, uh, spiritually and everything. And I was at the point, you know, here I am messing with all these women, and I'm thinking. I said, said I said to the group, I said I got a confession to y'all, because I'm thinking they're all perfect, of course, right? Of course, yeah. I said I got a confession before I even get into this, brothers. I said, I'm a cheater. And I said, I cannot stop messing with women. I cannot stop looking at women. And all of the men just basically relaxed and said, brother, I had that problem too. It sounds like, Rick, you didn't expect that reaction from them. Perhaps were you thinking you were going to be judged? I didn't because I was so concerned about that. And I was looking at them. They, they, they looked like they had it all together. And they were talking They were talking all the good word. And they were saying all these good things. And here I am. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking, you know, the, the term, I am unclean. Yes, I hear you. So it, 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 it was, how could I, how could I mix, mix amongst them? Yeah. How could I come up, how could I bring myself into a group that is so, that is so perfect and I'm not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just had to throw that in there because. No, that's so good. That's really good. Yeah. And you know what? It's like because you didn't see yourself properly at that time. You were more uh, concerned about how they, other people were going to um, perceive you based on your confession. Like, But you had already basically condemned yourself. And I'm always reminded of the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery and how they were there ready to stone her. But guess what? They had their own stuff. Nobody anywhere can ever throw a rock at the next person like who really we just didn't know their stuff you were bold enough courageous right. enough to come out with the truth your own truth and to my point the truth will set you free but there's so many people and I'm so glad you raised that point so I'm going to assume presume that you both are men of faith am I correct yes are you correct. both okay are you both Christians well I'm, I'm a I, I kind of believe more on the Jewish side. I'm sorry, I hate to say that, but I do. No, so, don't hate to say it. That's your truth. That's fine. Judaism I, is a, uh, so Christianity is a, a form of Judaism. Okay. Okay. So let's just say you're both men of faith. Yes. Do you, can you imagine the number of unfaithful men of faith in 2019? Huh. That need to I mean, hear your story today? There's a lot. That's right. There's a lot. But more importantly, that they feel condemned. And so they won't even come to the source where they can be set free, which is to be able to be very candid and honest with their truth. I, you said in your words, I am a cheater. You said confession. I love the audacity and the courageousness of your the titles of your book. Number one, The Autopsy of a Cheating Man, A Warning to All Men Who Cheat. And then the second one, uh, The Deep Confessions of Faithful Men. And even in that book, I was like, wow. And I haven't even read the book. I just read a, a synopsis of it. So 
thank you. Can I just say that on behalf of all the other men and women of the world? Thank you for being bold um, and honest enough to share your truth to set other people free. I know the I'm going to imagine that the uh, weight of the world must have fell off of your shoulders when you said that. Yeah, because the, to me, it seems as though all the men relaxed at that time. And they all came over to me and kind of, kind of, they, they gathered around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pat me on the back and reassured me that everything was okay. And they said they had the same problem. But they, they had already overcome it. Is that correct? And so is that where they kind of threw you a life jacket to say, okay, you know, although that's where you are today, here's what I've done and gave you some practical steps to work it out? Or did you have they, to? They, they, were, they were encouraging and said, you can get through this. And, you know, they prayed, you know, they prayed for me. It was, it, 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 it's, just, it's just all of the support, you know, that they gave me at the time that I really needed it. Mm-hmm. So at the time you really needed it. I really needed it. I was at that point where, you know, where my brother was saying that you just get tired of hurting women. Mm-hmm. Tired of lying to women. But would you honestly, in full disclosure, be bold enough to say that you were tired of hurting too? Or were you not hurting? I was hurting. Absolutely. I was hurting, but I, I put a mask on. I, I, ma- I masked the whole problem. I, 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 I tucked it so far down within my, my soul that I thought I was hiding it. I, I, I couldn't find it. It sounds like you were in denial. Was, yes. Yeah, like not even owning it. Like, yeah. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift the conversation just to lighten it up a little bit because that was a bit heavy. <laughs> but I'm reminded of a comment that Steve Harvey made. Uh, yeah, as you guys know, Steve Harvey kind of rose to fame on uh, network TV. And uh, when he was a little boy in school, he had this teacher that said, no, they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? He wrote in the paper, I want to be on TV. And she was like, why would you say that? And he was about to get a whooping for that. And uh, ended up his dad encouraging him the power of a father, the power of a father again. And his mom was like, you know, you're going to get a whip and don't do that. You need to do what the teacher says, blah, blah, blah. Dad came home after work and said, what were you supposed to do, Stevie? And he said um, he was supposed to write down what he wanted on TV. He said, well, I mean, what you want to be when you grow up? And he said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said on TV, he said, well, what they want you to say. And he said, a doctor, a lawyer, football player, so forth and so on. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down one of those things that they want you to say on a piece of paper and take it to school tomorrow. But I also want you to write down what you want to be on TV and put it in the top of your dresser drawer. And every morning, I want you to say it to yourself. I think 2019, we know he's on Family Feud, just had a syndicated show, so forth and so on. And we know his net worth is probably... Um, something that we don't all know, but it's, it's what he wanted to be done. He, he did it. There. Exactly. Exactly. The power of a father again. Let's not underscore that. I want to highlight that because yeah. you both are here today. Um, but it's so important that we do have those men and the power of their words. Going back to this, my own 12 year old self, like my dad is my hero. 
Absolutely. <laughs> like if no one else believes in me, the fact that I know that he has me and he believes in me is it's just like, oh, my God. But more importantly, I'm a woman of faith, too. And so even if my biological father isn't here, I totally know I have a heavenly father and, a, you know, universal intelligence beyond you can ask, think or imagine that has my back. And so right. I fear nothing and no man. OK, so. Wow, we're zooming through. We're down to the, like the last 15 minutes um, of our show, but we're not going anywhere yet. I hope this is really, really good to you, audience, because it's so good to me. And with that being said, I want to remind you that you're listening to WRUU LP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. I want to remind you that supporting WRUU with your financial gift could be one of the most affordable things you do today. When you make a $10 per month donation, you're spending less on WRUU than you would be spending on cable or streaming services. When you make a one-time contribution of $107.50, that's less than you might on a pair of concert tickets or dinner for two at a nice restaurant. And you'll get the added benefit of me. Not just kidding. <laughs> W-R-U-U lasting the whole year round. You get more than just me. Compare W-R-U-U to some of the others. Things that you value in your life like daily coffee or your favorite snacks. And you'll discover that there are lots of reasons to value W-R-U-U with a gift at our premium level, which works out to about only 30 cents a day. Go to WRUU.org and make a financial contribution that fits within your budget. And thank you for your support to our community radio with Global Soul. All right, back on today, another episode of Courageous Conversations with authors and brothers, Chris and Rick Strickland authors of The Autopsy of a Cheating Man, a warning to all men who cheat, as well as the deep confessions of faithful men. Guys, you are the bomb.com. You, you guys Thank you. Thank are you. the bomb.com. I was, again, so delighted to have you on today. And uh, we were just talking about a no good man. And then we started talking about um, you know, being broken down until you want it to change, you on an individual level. But I'm curious about that change because back to Steve Harvey, he's been known for saying that his wife, Marjorie, um, like he's, he's teared up at how much he is so thankful um, to God for her and how much he truly loves her. And he said that um, there is a woman that a man will change for. And she obviously happens to be his. What do you think about that? Does she want that or you want me to answer? <laughs> Delilah, both answer. of you answer. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, um, a change in a man, it can come by various things. Um, and I, I can agree to a certain extent that, you know, um, that in his case, you know, his wife was the one he changed for. Um, for me, um, the female for me was my daughter, you know, um, just her birth and, um, 
you know, looking at her and just with so much love for her and never wanting to hurt her, um, never wanting to, uh, uh, I mean, I knew right off that I was never going to leave her. You know, there was nothing in the world that would make me leave her. And so just having a child for me is the female that, um, that changed me, so to speak. And I, that's what I have to say on it. Got it. Okay. Uh, for me, it was a little bit of both, I believe, when it come down to a good woman and just me, me wanting, me really, truly wanting and embracing a change that I needed. Because mm-hmm. it had to be, it had to be internal for me. It had to be, it had to come from inside in order for it to be materialized on the outside for me. I had to, I had to realize that I was wrong mm-hmm. in order for me to stop it, stop those old habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick, just a quick story. I was. Uh, I don't even know if my brother knows unless I put it in my other book. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> so I was I was locked up for a DUI mm-hmm. a long time back back in ninety four. And the woman that I'm married to now, yeah, uh, she was all in the church more than me. Believe me, I wasn't. I, we, we still go to church together and everything. You know. Yeah. Um, she was all into it, and I I wasn't quite into it. I was drinking and doing all kinds of just 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 running hard. Right. And I'm going to tell you, I called her from the jail. And, and I was thinking to myself, she's going to be mad at me. We're, we're, we're about to get married probably in a year or so from there. And me messing up right now and causing this, this expensive uh, issue with DUI, you know, was the wrong wrong thing to have. Anyway, so when I was talking to her, I expected her to be mad at me and upset with me. But... At that moment when I talked to her, I felt the Spirit of God on me. Oh, wow. But she said to me, she said, I was concerned and worried about you. Is there anything that I can do for you? Mm-hmm. And I will pray for you uh, and, and make sure that things are okay. And I expected the total opposite. Right. At that moment, I'm telling you, I, I felt that Spirit come upon me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and I knew then that she was someone I would change for. Oh wow, that's really good. So help me and all my sisters that are listening, and tell us what is a real man. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, you want to go first or me? Because I'm there. I I can go first. That's fine. Okay. So a real man is a man who, number one, loves one woman. A man who takes care of his children. A man who has faith in God. A man who is humble enough to admit when he's wrong. Mm. A man who's honest enough to go to his woman and tell her he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I'm just naming a few things here. Um, it, none of it has to do with financial. None of it has to do with how he looks. 
None of it has to do with how he's built. All of these characteristics are internal that make a real man. Wow. And I'll let my brother add in on that. <laughs> I like it, bro. <laughs> That's <I> mean, awesome. <laughs> but what it is for me is I, I, take, I think of when we wrote the book, The Autopsy of a Cheating Man. Mm-hmm. And the person in that book that we're writing about is the direct opposite of mm-hmm. that good man. He is the direct opposite. And for me, a good man is someone who actually realizes the responsibility of being a man and not mm-hmm. running from it, the accountability uh, of it. Yeah. See, I was looking at uh, how when you, when, you, when you think about what a man, what a man does and like my perception Part of my perception of being a good man is a man who puts himself last. Say that again. I, I want to make sure we hear that correctly. Okay. Uh, my, my belief, part of my belief of, of uh, a good man is a man who puts himself last in his family. Now, I'm, I'm going to explain that a little more. Mm-hmm. It needs to be. Um, when, when I... A little while back, you know, you're just starting out, you're not making very good money, you know, making a little bit of money, and I need to feed my family, I need to make sure my kids are eating and everything else. They will eat before I put anything in my mouth. Mm-hmm. They will get clothes before I buy anything for myself. To me, that is the, that is the responsibility of me showing the love and care of someone above myself. So that's a part of being a good man to me. So to the man that puts himself first instead of last, how do you describe him? Is he the the guy in the book? He's the guy in the book because he's the guy that's going to satisfy himself with as many women as possible and try to justify it. So selfish. Selfish. Extremely, extremely selfish. Yeah. So is this book about you or someone you know? It is about a compilation of men. I'll tell you tell you what I mean by that. We took several different situations and scenes uh, from men we interviewed a while back. Mm-hmm. And we came back and mentioned no names, made it into one character, which you'll see in the book. One character, his name is DeAndre, and he is displaying all those characteristics in the book. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> I just need to breathe, and I did that on air. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> How will someone actually benefit from this book? Like, what do you guys envision when you you did this? Well, one of the, one of the things one of the things that we um, we hope that people will get from this book is. We hope that our illustrations will paint a reality of what actually is going on in the minds of men mm. okay, so that women can better understand us, um, so they can better understand what it is that we're dealing with. You know? um, and, and, and in doing that, it can help uh, strengthen 
relationship. Because all it is is giving, uh, giving men and women honesty to one another, so to speak. Um, we're just helping to expose something so that men can be honest to their women, so women can better understand, and then they can build in that relationship together. Mm. Okay, just real quick on what you said. I was thinking about, um, I sold a book to a, um, a lady, maybe a couple offices down from me at work. Mm-hmm. And she read the book. She went crazy for the book. And she came back and she told me something. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't the cause of the breakup of her, her and her boyfriend. But there were some characteristics that she said she saw in her man and he was acting in the same way that the person was acting in the book. But she didn't see it. She was blind to it. Mm-hmm. But the book allowed her to, it, it painted a better picture for her. It actually, it actually shined a spotlight on the issues that she was already having that she was ignoring. It goes back to exposure again. Right. Yeah, it became crystal clear. It's interesting, as you are saying that, we're actually down to the like last three minutes of the show, guys. So I just pre-warning. Uh, when you hear the music, you know what's going on. <laughs> But um, just shining that light on it, if you really think about it, the signs are always there. But when you were just ex- you know, talking about the characteristic of the guy in the book and DeAndre, I was thinking um, about the, manipula- the manipulation and the narcissistic tendencies that that particular man uses. And so for that woman that is self-aware, it's easier to detect. Not easy, but easier. Um, And often when you expose or shine a light on it, it's met with obviously the lies and the excuses and um, even running away, you know, like just trying to disappear to avoid it, that avoidance nature. And I'm very confrontational. So, you know, it's like you really can't get much over me, but it's often met with, you know, okay, I can't get away with it. So let's run away isolation but is that shame what is that i guess it's different for different guys yeah i I would think so um some are shame some are um some are going to run some are going to if you're strong enough i mean you can you can stand there um but most of the time when you're confronted with that you're going to you're going to run away from yeah i don't want to talk about that Uh, yeah avoidance technique not sexy at all so let's with this last minute, I'm going to toss the ball to you. Let me just love on both of you and say thank you so much. Um, I know both of your wives must be so proud of you. And I'm going to speak to the daughters. I know they, you guys are their superhero. Um, I'm delighted just to be your sister. And I want you to just take this last minute and speak to those men out there who are currently wearing the badge, I am a cheater. What would you say to him? Okay. Um, I, I would, I would say to men that are that are out there is that it, that they're out there still doing, they're still cheating out there, and just just kind of uh, have them really basically kind of look in the mirror at themselves and find out who they really are based on because uh, this is not who we are. Men are not men are not made to hurt other people like this. Men are not made to be selfish. We're, we're the caregivers. We're caregivers just as well as the women. We are. We are the ones that 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 our daughters look up to. Yeah. Our mothers love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to say that, but so 
it's a, it, it, I would just say it only hurts you. It hurts you more than you hurt them because when you, when you do something like that, think about what you're really doing. Think about what you're really doing. And every time you do that, you may be doing that to your own father or mother or whatever. It's almost the same thing to me because it's, it's still a, 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 cold, a cold person that God has created, you know? Yeah. All right. Chris, any last words, sir? I would just say, God, you know, God, I know it's easier said than done, um, but just to echo the words of my brother, you need to take a good look at yourself and think about the example that you're being to your mom. Think about the example you're being to your sister, to your children, to society, you know. Um, and if you don't know how to stop, get a copy of the book, all copy of the GMA. And I will have all that contact information. Just reach out to me. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's another episode of Courageous Conversations with Cherie. And I want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the preceding program are not necessarily that of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. Until next week, have a great day.